When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is sponsored by everylibrary.org. I have recently uh, reacquainted myself with my local library. I'm loving just taking advantage of all of the books and the expertise and just the magic of having so many books at your fingertips again. So this is perfect timing. Everylibrary.org works to make our communities aware of the fact that there are organizations that are trying to defund and get rid of libraries across the United States. They work for awareness, they provide petitions and other ways that people can sign up to support their local libraries and to make a contribution to help us fight to keep libraries in our communities. To get more information, to sign a petition, or to see what's going on in your local library community, visit action.everylibrary.org. Thanks again to Every Library for sponsoring. And again, that's action.everylibrary.org. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 64, and today we are talking about books released on July 26th, 2016. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow Will Redhead, Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Hello, hello. Hello there. Welcome How? from the heat wave. Oh my gosh. Yes, it's just constant heat yeah. waves here gross. Um, I know it's so gross but the upside is that it's good weather for staying indoors and reading a book um, which is the thing that I've been doing a lot of lately and I understand that you spent your weekend attempting to do so for the 24 in 48 readathon I did it was amazing there were so many participants this time um, I think I might be mistaken but I think it like doubled oh the wow number of people that did it and it was so much fun to see all the delightful uh, book lovers just like talking about what they're reading and, yeah. and I can't talk they're doing challenges <laughs> and it's just so great yeah there were giveaways it looked like there was just all sorts of stuff going on and if you're listening and you don't know what 24 and 48 is it's where you take a weekend 48 hours and you attempt to read for 24 of those 48 hours along with like hundreds of other book nerds hundreds that's right Way in the hundreds. That's so cool. Um, did you sleep this weekend? Not that much, no. Not so much. Uh, who needs sleep when no. there's books to be read? Yeah. I had the I I was doing the readathon shift on Litzy, so ah. I had to be awake to talk to the people. <laughs> Gotta poke the technology, mm. talk about the books. That's right. It's what that's just what it says on our business card. <laughs> Basically, that's my job description. <laughs> it's not a bad one. Uh, we got a like a really good list of new releases this week. I'm I'm still like riding that wave of great summer stuff. But you want to kick us off? I will do that. Uh, this is one of the best books I've read this year. It's called The Unseen World by Liz Moore. She wrote a book a few years ago called Heft. Did you happen to read Heft? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't recognize her name, but yes. She's a brilliant genius, and she's done it again with The Unseen World. Um, it takes place in Boston in the 1980s. It's about a young girl named Ada. She has been raised her whole life by her dad. Um, he is a scientist at a lab, 
Um, he is off the charts brilliant, but like a lot of geniuses, sort of socially inept, just a little strange and out of touch with the rest of the world, but just a genius when it comes to his work. And he is trying to create a machine that can interact like a human. Oh. Um, so Ada is raised by her dad. She's homeschooled. Like, her only, like, interaction with humans is basically when she goes to the lab. Like, she talks to him, and she talks to the people that he works with. Um, and she kind of wishes that she had a normal life, like other kids that she reads about and sees, um, like, going to school. But, you know, she she's also herself a genius, and as she gets older, um, it's... It's showing that, you know, she's going to be following in his footsteps in the brains department. Um, She's also following in his footsteps in the awkwardness department. Um, But around the time she's, I think, 14, his mind starts to go. Um, David begins, uh, his mind begins slipping, and they diagnose him with early onset Alzheimer's. And so Ada is kind of left to fend for herself, and he tells her that she may learn some things about him that she didn't know. And he gives her some clues as to what those things could be that she has to solve. And so now she's left, like, sort of, you know, she's sort of orphaned. Um, she's taken in by one of his colleagues. And she, as she is consumed with learning more about her father and, and solving these clues and learning about his past, um, she has to adjust to what she always considered a normal life. Like, she has to go to an actual school, with, and she doesn't know how to interact with the other kids and it's all very frustrating and scary to her. Um, and meanwhile, she's still like going on and on trying to discover what it is that you know her father was keeping from her. Um, Moore just creates these like achingly beautiful, realistic characters um, in a book about like virtual realities and hidden pasts. Uh, you'll probably need a tissue or two. Oh, yeah, it's but not five. Mm, not five. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a monster, but. It's definitely one of those, like, I have a lump in my throat. Oh, it just got dusty in here. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's just so beautiful and interesting. Um, Again, it's called The Unseen World by Liz Moore. I've had my eye on that one. It's on my stack here still. Oh, do it. I'm going to have to. As soon as you said one of the best books I've read this year, I was like, oh, okay, all right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to let you be my, you know, selection service. Um, My first pick is called Good as Gone. It's a thriller by Amy Gentry. It's such a thriller, in fact, that when the galleys came out, they just came in like, it was like a plain navy blue book cover and the book did not have a title yet. So it just said a novel of suspense. Like even the title is an open question. I thought Um, that was the actual title. I like for the longest time. And then I was like, what is this other book that everyone's talking about? Good is gone. It it does seem like it took a long time to get to what the title was. Um, Anyway, it's called Good is Gone. It's by Amy Gentry. It's about a family in which eight years ago, um, the 13-year-old daughter, Julia, disappeared. Her younger sister has this memory of like peeking out of her bedroom door in the middle of the night and seeing Julia being led down the hall at knife point by a man. And then they heard nothing of Julia. So the family did all the things that a family does after a child goes missing. You know, they contacted the police. There were big searches. There was fundraising for um, keeping a fund for a 
a reward or to help find her. And then eventually the parents never really said anything to each other about, do you think that she's still out there and we're going to find her someday? Do you think she's dead and we're never going to find her body? Their family was just marked by this event. Um, Then eight years later, the younger daughter who had been, I think, 10 at the time that Julia was abducted is home from college. They're sitting down to have a family dinner and the doorbell rings. And it is a woman who looks like Julia and says that she, she is Julia and she's home. And the family rejoice, but don't really know what's going on. Julia tells them this terrible story about what happened to her. Um, It does get pretty graphic later in the book as we find out Julia's story. So trigger warning if uh, the kinds of things that happen to girls and women when they're abducted are things that you have a hard time reading about. This is one to steer clear of. Um, and we are spend the book alternating between the mother, whose name is Anna, and her excitement that her daughter is home, but also these like nagging questions because things don't quite add up. She's just not positive that this is really Julia. So we're with Anna, and then we'll have a chapter from Julia's perspective. And the structure of the book is so interesting. The Anna perspective, like the Anna chapters are all present day with some reflections back to what happened after Julia went missing. The Julia chapters go in reverse. Um, So we're with Julia now, and then there's an Anna chapter. And then we're with Julia, like seeing where she was two years ago. And then there's an Anna chapter. And then it's Julia four years ago. And then there's an Anna chapter. Um, And so Julia's story or the woman who's Julia, uh, who's saying she's Julia, I'm not going to tell you which one it is because that's the whole question of the book, um, unwinds in reverse. It's uh, It was so interesting and fun to read. I thought the surprises in it, because it is a suspense novel, so there are supposed to be some surprises, were genuinely surprising. I wasn't predicting things, uh, you know, 100 pages in advance as can happen. Um, publishers have just been dying to fill the hole that Gone Girl left. I did not think the girl on the train met that um I kind of don't think it's an accident that they titled this good as gone like you can kind of see they're hoping to get to like good as gone girl and I don't know if I'm ready for that endorsement I really loved the reading experience of gone girl but I thought good as gone was awesome kept me on the edge of my seat kept me guessing and I can't really say much more uh, because I don't want to spoil it for you but you should read it too and that's called good as gone by Amy Gentry Yes. There's also a book that just came out called As Good As Gone. (laughs) Like, so it's, it's, which is completely different. It's Larry Watson, the completely opposite direction, but... I just the, think like, that's so interesting. The Gone Book titles and the Girl on a X titles are just so out of control. Like we did um, when we were redesigning Book Riot, Scott, our designer, was making like mock-up fake ads so that we could see how you know different ad sizes would work on the new homepage. And he was like, "Let's do it for a book that doesn't exist called Girl in a Field." And he like designed a fake book cover, and we ran a bunch of fake ads just internally. We didn't put them public, but I was you know sort of musing. I think we all were that like we could run these and people would think it was a real book um, because there have just been so many gone titles and girl titles and the gone girl who wasn't there but then she was and now she's gone on a train uh it's <laughs> just been crazy yeah. um all right speaking about, of oh i was just say how about i tell you about our first sponsor or Which second sponsor I also say. very good and suspenseful yes please oh, do yes. yes we've both read it and we both love it so very excited to talk about it uh, and that is you will know me by the um 
amazing. Megan Abbott. Oh, my goodness. Megan Abbott she's is the so best. She's so good. Oh, she's the best. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about the book. It's uh, How Far Will You Go to Achieve a Dream? That's the question a celebrated coach poses to Katie and Eric Knox after he sees their daughter, Devin, a gymnastics prodigy and Olympic hopeful, compete. For the Knoxes, there are no limits until a violent death rocks their close-knit gymnastics community and everything they have worked so hard for is suddenly at risk. As rumors swirl among their parents, Katie tries frantically to hold her family together while also finding herself irresistibly drawn to the crime itself. What she uncovers about her daughter's fears, her own marriage, and herself forces Katie to consider whether there's any price she isn't willing to pay to achieve Devin's dream. I feel like every time we talk about a suspenseful book now, we should both just go, dun, dun, dun. This seems to be this thing that we're doing. Um, so like I said, I've read it, you've read it. This book is so fantastic. Um, I believe Megan Abbott, the inspiration came from a video that she saw online mm-hmm. about uh, some parents of an Olympic qualifier who were just like so invested in their daughter um, and just like everybody thought it was really hilarious like how into it they were. But if you know anything about sports and, you know, competing like this, like you have to be and the and the things that the kids go through and the things that the parents go through are just amazing like everything that they give up and you know they get up at like three o'clock in the morning to take their kids to practice before school and it's just it's crazy and so she was really inspired by that and then she gave it the you know Megan Abbott sinister twist um and it's just it's so great it is so great. I just finished it this morning. And I was thinking about how her the last two books that she had, which were Dare Me and The Fever, both really centered on the teenage characters. And we spent a lot of time with them. And she's so good, especially I remember Dare Me being like, oh, my gosh, I never, ever want to go back to high school mm-hmm. ever again. Uh, that's just like the hardest and sinister is the perfect word for it. Time of life, even if nothing sinister is going on. And in her books, there always is something. And this is great. You spend so much more time with the parents and like their obsession with their teenage kids. And as you were saying, these competitive athletes that like you have to go all in if you want to give your kid a chance at becoming an Olympian, um, but it really has some just bonkers dynamics um, and the secrets that happen in this book. Also, speaking of like surprises that are actually surprising, um, Megan Abbott does such a great job of that. I, I really loved it too. I think we both read it before we knew that it was um, one of the sponsors for the show. And so it was like, well, we're going <laughs> to read it anyway and talk about the fact that we love it. Um, it's a It's a great novel. Yeah, she's awesome. Megan, she's like, she's the queen bee, really. She is. And perfect for the run up now to the Summer Olympics. Also, you know, you can watch the gymnasts and then you can, you know, sort of do your Mr. Burns fingers like what what are their secrets? Yeah, (laughs) hopefully nothing like this, but you never know. No kidding. So again, we thank uh, uh, Little Brown and Company for sponsoring with You Will Know Me by Megan Abbott today. So, All oh, right. is it my turn? It's my it turn. Is your I was turn. just like, Keep what do you have next? And you're like, just mm. run away. <laughs> I was thinking about earlier when I was talking to you and saying, I need to turn my Skype on. <laughs> I'm like, no. We're having one of those. The heat today. is just melting my brains. Uh, my next pick is a young adult novel called Gemini by Sonia Mukherjee. And it is about conjoined twin sisters, Clara and Haley. They are 17 years old, and they've lived their whole lives in this sort of stars hollow, small town, um, having that kind of existence um, where they've just grown up there. They're knowing everybody. Everybody knows them. And at this point, like, no one stares at them any longer, um, even though they are conjoined. Uh, they share a spinal cord. and uh, But they're 17. You know, things happen. 
um, they're seniors in high school, and it's it's coming. They're coming to realize that they want different things from life. Clara wants to stay at home where it is safe and no one will bother them and no one will stare at them and they know exactly like what's coming. While Haley, who is a little wilder, Haley has pink hair, she wants to travel and study abroad. She wants to dance with boys and she wants to be wild and just go all over the place and experience everything that there is in life. Um, and as graduation approaches, they must decide how two people who are one can each have their own dreams. Um, and it's told in alternating voices between the two girls, so you can see just how different two people sharing a spinal cord can actually be. Um, and you hear them decide, like, the pros and cons of sharing a life this closely with somebody. And they also, you know, talk about, like, a separation surgery, which their parents are not in favor of. Um, and it's just this really sweet, um, sort of heartbreaking story about, you know, trying to be your own person. And, you know, trying to to do follow your dreams when, you know, that means bringing someone else along with you. Um, it's, just, it's just really great. And I, and I adored it. Um, again, it's called Gemini by Sonia Mukherjee. Great. Uh, my next one is a book that I had my eye on when it came out in hardcover and I never quite got to it. Um, so then I checked it out from the library in advance of the paperback release because that's a thing that I do now and it's very exciting. Uh, it's called After the Parade by Lori Ostland. It's O-S-T-L-U-N-D is how you spell her last name. Uh, this is about a man named Aaron England. He's in his early 40s and the week of Christmas he leaves his partner of about 20 years. They've been together since he was a teenager basically and moves to San Francisco just like has decided like he's been building some contempt and resentment for his partner Walter for a while um, to the point that like he's been keeping a journal of all of the things that Walter does that annoy him and the list of things is like up into the hundreds uh, so he's concluded that it's time to go and he backs his moving truck up and sort of in the dead of night Walter knows that Aaron is going, but Walt, but you know, not right now. Aaron packs up, moves to San Francisco. Um, he's an, uh, an English teacher. He teaches English as a second language, and he gets a job at this sort of shady ESL school. Um, and is living in a tiny apartment, trying to enjoy the fact that he's done this thing for himself that he wanted to do. He's left a partner that he didn't want to be with. He's going to have some independence, but he's never been alone as an adult and doesn't really know how to do that. He wanted this freedom, but now he doesn't quite know what to do with it. Um, and so uh, Oslin gives us his life there um, in San Francisco, teaching his students and people that he meets along the way. But the real heart of the story is in his reflections back to his childhood and his young adulthood as we figure out how he became this person. And um, this sort of classic, like quiet literary fiction that goes deeply, delves deeply into one life. And um, the title after the parade comes from the fact that when uh, Aaron was a kid, his father, who was a police officer, who was um, a very you know, tough guy to live with and was abusive to him and his mother fell off a float at a community parade and hit his head and died. And that uh, was not the only thing that shaped his childhood, but it was one of the, the major events. A few years later, his mother just up and left, um, ran out of town with someone else. And he, I think he was 17 at the time, and he had to make his own 
way through life. And the book takes us back through um, him discovering as an adult why his mother left, what was really going on in her life that he didn't know about and couldn't have understood as a child, and trying to make sense of these critical pieces that went into forming who he is and how he's supposed to take those and become a more whole person. Um, There were some blurbs on the book that compared it to like uh, Owen Meany, and it had a touch of that. Um, But just sort of like what you want sometimes from a novel that just sinks you into the everyday life of a person who has the everyday experiences that we have um, to varying degrees of, you know, struggle, family difficulties, figuring out what you want to do with your job, having relationships that are good and or bad, that tough thing of understanding that your parents are people um, and are not just these entities that exist to like restrict you in life and trying to see them as complicated and human. And the writing is just really gorgeous. Um, I read Austin's short story collection, The Bigness of the World, earlier this year and really loved it. So I'm really pleased to have had the chance to go back and uh, read after the parade. It's out in paperback this week. It would be great, I think, for a book club discussion. Perfect if you're sitting by the pool or you want a story that you can just sink into on the plane or you know whatever you're going to be doing while you're avoiding the brain-melting heat this summer. Uh, again, it's called After the Parade by Lori Ostland, and it's out in paperback this week. She's fantastic. Yeah, I kind of was like, where has she been all my life? She's one of those like hidden gems that everyone should read. Yeah, for sure. Um, My next book is called The Muse by Jessie Burton. She wrote The Miniaturist, Mm -hmm. you might have heard of, um, which had a fabulous cover. This book has a fabulous cover, um, A-plus cover work, and... But it's more than the cover. I'm just babbling about that now. Um, it's about two young women and a mystery that connects them. Uh, one is one of the women is Odell. She is a Caribbean immigrant living in London in 1967. She takes a job working at an art institute, and while she is there, she uh, comes about a, learning about a painting. I, I lost my words here. She <laughs> discovers a painting in a mysterious way by a young artist whose death decades earlier had shocked the art world. And it sort of sets off this flurry of speculation and lies that sends Odell reeling. Like, she, you know, she doesn't know, like, exactly, like, how, where it came from, and some people don't believe her, and there's all this speculation, and she doesn't know who to trust and, like, what's going on. And it's just, like, this craziness in her life that she wasn't expecting. But um, it's a very revered young artist, and like I said, you know, nobody knows, like, what was going on in his life. Um, And it also, the book is also about a girl named Olive. Uh, She lives in Spain in 1936, and she's living with her very wealthy parents there on the south of the country. And she becomes very close to the housekeeper and her half-brother, Isaac Robles. And Isaac dreams of being the next Picasso. She want, he wants to be, like, the next big Spanish painter. Um, and he and his sister dream of bigger things in their lives. Um, and it's all under the shadow of the coming Civil War. And all of herself is a very talented painter. Um, but her father is like, eh, women can't really do anything. So, you know, we're just going to ignore this. Um, and so she's kind of being exploited by... Um, Isaac and his sister because they are very poor and they want to, you know, be rich like her family. Um, It's just the muse is this passionate story of ambition and secrets and it's it's a really big book but it moves very quickly 
um, right up to like the like <gasps> ending. It's <laughs> it's very original and engaging, um, much like her first book. I just adored it. Um, again, it's called The Muse by Jesse Burton. Speaking of awesome covers, I'm just going to jump to my next pick before we do the final sponsor because that was a good segue that I've been like holding on to. <laughs> um, my next pick is like a perfect book for book lovers. It's mm-hmm. classic Penguin cover to cover. It's edited and has an introduction by Paul Buckley. He's the creative director of Penguin Classics. There is also a foreword by Audrey Niffenegger, she of The Time Traveler's Wife and other wonderful books and who's also an artist in her own right. And it's this it's a gorgeous book that shows a bunch of different covers, like just iconic, memorable covers from Penguin Classics, beautiful ones that I hadn't seen before. There are like double page spreads of some of them and then uh, essays and interviews with the people who designed the covers and illustrated those illustrated penguin classics about like here's the element from the story that we took that inspired this cover and here's the process for it if you're at all interested in like how your books end up looking the way that they look you want to pick up this book and there's a whole section on the penguin drop caps which are that beautiful rainbow series with um there's like one for each letter of the alphabet with some of the illustrators of those it's i'm just holding it right now like rubbing it gently it's It's such a beautiful book and it would be great on your shelf or your coffee table one of those that you could either just devour in one sitting or flip through gradually i think you could also sort of turn it into like a reader's treasure map of which penguin classics do you want that you don't own yet (laughs) like flip through and find all of them that have these great covers it's so fantastic there have been some really great books about book design in the last few years and this one is i think the most iconic um, because nothing is recognizable like a penguin classic and there's a lot more to it than just meeting a certain formula so again it's classic penguin cover to cover um edited and introduced by paul buckley and i just think it's so awesome oh it's like an epic nerd perk book lovers it it really is it's one of those like i'm almost surprised that it's coming out in july and not mid-november as a drop right before the holidays because it's such a perfect gift we'll Um, be sure to remind people Yes, yeah, we will. Treat yourself or put it on your holiday wish list now. Um, and now we will roll to our next sponsor, our good friends at Third Treat Love. yourself some more. Our back, seriously. <laughs> uh, while it is a million degrees outside, the best thing in life, I think the best thing in life most days is taking your bra off. Um, but the second best thing is having a bra that's so comfortable that you forget that it's on. And that is true for Third Love's 24-7 t-shirt bra. They have sent us both free ones that we've worn now for like several months and we can attest to the fact that they're super comfortable. Um, They're smoothing. It's invisible under every outfit. And it really molds to fit your shape. Every body is different. And the cups of the 24-7 t-shirt bra are made out of a memory foam. that It's like magic. Um, It molds to your body. You're not trying to stuff yourself into something that won't really move to fit you. And that makes it fit really perfectly. Also, in addition to that, the memory foam there's this tagless foam padding on the hook and eye so you don't have like weird tags sticking out along the back part of your bra um, which i think is especially important in this season when we're all wearing tank tops and there's a microfiber band that's very smoothing you don't have spillage you don't get like weird bulges above or below your band it's just perfect um so if you you know have to be dealing with 
bras in the heat. The 24-7 t-shirt bra is the one that you want. And as we've said many times before, Third Love stands behind their product, and they should, so much that they're willing to let our listeners try it for free. So you go to thirdlove.com slash books to get started. You'll just pay for the shipping. You wear the 24-7 t-shirt bra for 30 days, take the tags off, wear it, wash it, you know, take it on your next vacation, whatever. If you love it, you keep it and they'll charge your card. If you don't love it for whatever reason, you send it back for free and your chart, your card will not be charged. And if you don't know your size or it's just been a while since you got measured, they have an online fit specialist who will help you find the perfect fit so that you can really see how great this bra is. Again, go to thirdlove.com slash books to get started. It gets you the 30-day free trial with the 24-7 t-shirt bra and lets them know that you came from all the books. So we get to keep our lights on. Awesome. I was like, it's your turn, but no, it's my turn. It's not. I know we mix things up a little bit. Roll us into our last round. I have no, I have no segue to (laughs) to go from brats to a book of stories about war. I got got nothing. Nope. Um, My last pick is called We Come to Our Senses, stories by Odie Lindsay. Um, I have to admit right up front that I have not read all of these, Um, but I have read the first few and I'm completely hooked. Uh, It reeled me in. With comparisons to Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk and Redeployment, oh. two excellent, excellent books. Um, and so far, it is just a wildly impressive debut. It revolves around men and women affected directly and also indirectly by war. Um, it has some very contemporary themes, including the abuse of soldiers during combat, the sexual politics of combat zone, PTSD. Um, and these are just deep thoughtful stories that really make you think and I've been picking through them a little bit at a time here and they're still you know making me think days later um it's just really fantastic and I look forward to finishing it again it's called We Come to Our Senses by Odie Lindsay I hadn't heard of that one and I love a war novel yay or short stories I guess I like to stump you you're very good at it with the amount of books that you read so I will be putting that one on my list Uh, My last pick this week is a shout out to the paperback release of one of the best novels that I read last year. It's In the Language of Miracles by Rajia Hasib. This is a story set in the suburbs of New Jersey. It's about the Alman Shawi family. Uh, Both of the parents uh, were immigrants. They've lived in this community for a couple of decades, and they've done the things that we tell immigrants they are supposed to do. Um, He has started a dental practice. They have worked just tirelessly to assimilate to raise their kids to, you know, be proud of their culture, but also to be American. And they've become pillars of their community. But when the story starts, it has been a year since a terrible thing happened that involved their son and their neighbors who are a white family, the neighbor's daughter. The two families had been close to each other for many years, had a great relationship, but whatever the thing is that happened a year ago changed everything. And the Al-Manshawis have been trying to recover from that and put their family back together, but also maintain their place and their reputation in their local community and try to, again, like once again, overcome the stereotypes that they have spent the last couple decades of their life proving that they don't 
fit. Um, the neighbors next door are planning a, a one-year memorial service for their daughter who died during the thing that happened a year ago. And uh, the Almanshawis are trying to decide if they're going to go. There's a lot of turmoil within the family about whether that's going to happen or not. And there are chapters from multiple family members' perspectives, from the mom and the dad, from their child who is still living. Um, so we see into their marriage, we see into their parenting, into the logic, however flawed it might be that each of them brings to the arguments and into, in a broader sense, uh, what the what their experience has been like um, as immigrants uh, coming to America and how white people never really let go of the fact that someone is not from here and how hard that can really be um, and how hard it can be to identify what is the right thing to do and what's the thing that will make your life better. Um, it's just so well written and thoughtful. I, another great book club book with so much to chew on and just an incredible debut. Um, so again, that's In the Language of Miracles. It's by Rajia Hasib and it is out in paperback this week. And that's our show. What are you going to go read now? Um, I'm going to read It's So Easy and Other Lies by Duff McKagan. Um, <laughs> that's a great title. Uh, because, well, it, he's the basis for Guns N' Roses. And It's So Easy is one of their song titles. Um, I'm in uh, sort of a Guns N' Roses renaissance right now. I went to see them last week mm -hmm. at Gillette Stadium. Um, Duff has always been my favorite. I don't know why I didn't read this book. He has a second book, actually, that came out last year. Um, and so I'm just, like, obsessed with everything about them right now again. And um, he, like I said, he was my favorite. He was actually at BEA for this book a few years ago, and I couldn't get anywhere near him. Like, oh, this, no. like, the mob around him. Um but he still looked as fabulous as, as he did uh, when he, we were younger. And I just, I love them. So, yeah, I'm going to read this and learn all kinds of things. And probably nothing that I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, my, my idols are problematic. But anyway. Um, You're ready what, to forgive. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to read next? I'm going to read How to Be a Person in the World by Heather Havrileski. Um, she writes the Ask Polly column at The All, which is an advice column. And I've been... I missed the book when it came out. It just came out a couple of weeks ago, but it's been popping up all over my social media. And I've seen some people say that it like sort of scratched the same itch that Tiny Beautiful Things by Cheryl Strayed left in their hearts. Um, I don't think that anything is the next Tiny Beautiful Things, but I'm totally willing to entertain the idea that someone is trying to be the next one. I've only read a few of the Ask Polly columns online as they've come up. Um, so I'm looking forward to just seeing, you know, how it hangs together, what the sensibilities of uh, Ask Polly are and what uh, Haverleski's advice for how to be a person in the world really is. Um, so stay tuned. Yes, please take notes. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I'll I have that somewhere. I, I don't know why I didn't get to it either. Um, I'll do some highlights. Yeah. That wraps us up for the week. Thanks again to our sponsors, Every Library. Go to action.everylibrary.org to see what's going on in your local community, to sign petitions, to reach out to uh, your representatives. To You Will Know Me by Megan Abbott. We'll have a link in the show notes or you can find it wherever books are sold. That is a sponsor that comes with two well-read-head enthusiastic thumbs up. And again, to Third Love, go to thirdlove.com slash books to start your free 24, <laughs> your free 
free 30 day <laughs> trial with the 24 seven t-shirt bra. There are way too many numbers happening <laughs> right now. You can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com or talk to us on Twitter. I'm Rebecca Shinsky, S-C-H-I-N-S-K-Y. Liberty is Miss Liberty. Those are also, uh, well, I'm Rebecca Shinsky on Litzy and Liberty is just Liberty because the joy of claiming your own name as your handle. Finally. Uh, we're over there talking about what we're reading too. As always, if you've got a minute and you could rate or review the show on iTunes, it helps other book lovers find their way to us. And we all know that's a great thing. And speaking of finding their way, I have learned uh, that several listeners uh, did find their way to us through Anne and Michael. Um, oh, Books yes. on the Nightstand gave us a big shout out uh, when they were wrapping up. And I just want to say hi to them and again, say how much we love and thank you. Michael Kindness and Anne Kingman. Um, and as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today, we just don't have the time, but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. In the meantime, happy, happy reading. reading.